it's not a game of machines. It's not like we have a whole bunch of Apple Mac or MacBooks going out there to play football. These are human beings, right? These are folks who have lives outside of football. And although it's a nice paying job, nothing's worth your life. So I, I commend those players for stepping up and saying that we're not just going to yield to what the NFL says. It does have a bit risk. You know, football is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sport. And, you know, if a guy is outperforming someone and maybe cheaper the next season, that potential business deal may still be on the line. But, you know, if you're a guy like Devin Funches, who has a decent amount of experience, you could kind of slide by some of those situations. That's Super Bowl winner Marlon Favorites. This week brought the deadline for players to opt out of the 2020 NFL season if they wish due to coronavirus concerns. With or without them, the league carries on and training camp continues to ramp up with just five weeks to go until kickoff. Whatever happens, it's going to be a season like no other. I'm Anthony Wilson, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Hi, Marlon. What's up, man? Hello, somebody. What's up, man? Hey, somebody here. Yeah, all good, all good. Hey, a little birdie tells me that... You have swapped egg-chasing codes, egg-chasing being that oval-shaped football. You've, you know, you've retired from the gridiron, but you've taken up another sport using your hands. Yes, man, that's correct. That's a little bit of uh, rugby, the, 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 uh, the union rugby. Here he is. Uh, they have the MLRs over here in the United States. has been here now for three years, and I am now officially a part of the NOLA Gold rugby team. Hey, you know what? Hey, New New Orleans. I don't think he's there anymore, though. We uh, we had Alex Jenkins from. Uh, he was part of the NFL International Player Pathway Program. He was out there. But if you know, if you go back to your former team, the well, no, actually, I was going to say Effie Obata. I don't think he played rugby. But we do have. Um, there's a couple of guys up in Buffalo. Another one of your former teams. We got Christian Wade, absolute rugby legend up there. I'm sure he'll be able to. Uh, give you some tips if we put you in touch, mate. Man, I would love to hear it. I would love to get in contact with you. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Hey. <laughs> so, look, Marlon Favorite, my guest right here on the Transatlantic Sports Show. We got you on to talk about some of the NFL news uh, around this week. And the biggest news, I guess, is the, the players opting out. They've had the deadline. Uh, at the time of recording, the deadline is a little bit later today we've seen albert wilson this week he became the second dolphins receiver to pull out the season after alan hearns of course aaron Rodgers won't be thrown to devin funches this season after he decided to opt out and then your former team the patriots man i think they've got something like eight players at the time of recording who have opted out and some big name players as well do you do you empathize with these guys who have had to make these tough decisions I really do. I have a lot of empathy for them. I totally understand 100% why they're doing it. It's safety first. Again, outside of football, outside of that job, which some kind of way turned into essential <laughs> over this uh, sure. over this uh, this pandemic. But the sympathy goes to the players and empathy just simply because, I mean, if I were in their shoes, if I was still a player, right now I have three boys. Um, my youngest is 17 months, and I wouldn't want my baby boy um, to, to be in any harm or any of my children, let alone my wife and the rest of my family. So my, my mother, uh, she actually, while, while we go to work, she, she babysits uh, the baby. So, you know, my mother's older. So it, you, you think about all of that. And I think the decision makers are the people that 
the naysayers that think, oh, they should just go play. I think those guys, they're not looking at it from a personal standpoint. Yeah. They're looking at it from a business standpoint, all those players, this and that. No, so I'm 100% with the players, and I actually commend the NFL as well for the players that do decide to opt out, not just say, okay, if no, no pay, no play. So that says a lot about the NFL and their character. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of the news conferences that have come in this week. A lot of the head coaches, I think all the head coaches have, have spoken at least twice over the last seven to eight days. And the question's been put to them and also teammates about the players opting out. And the coaches, I mean, they're, they're fully on board. They fully back the decision. Because like, like you said, at the end of the day, it's... A people thing and it's the people that matter it's it's not the business that's it that that's the number one thing we're it's not a it's not a game of machines it's not like we have a whole bunch of apple mac or macbooks going out there to play football these are human beings right these are these are p- folks who who have lives outside of football and although it's a nice paying job nothing's worth your life so i, I commend those players for for stepping up and saying that we're not just going to yield to what, what what the NFL says we're going to uh, and, and, and opt and opt to play opt in opting out I think is a smart idea and it's a little now it, it does have a bit risk you know football is a what have you done for me lately sport and you know if a guy is outperforming someone and maybe cheaper the next season that potential business deal may still be on the line but you know if you're a guy again like like Devin Funches who uh who has a decent amount of experience um you, you could kind of slide by some of those some of those situations we mentioned uh at the top there the the patriots one of your former teams they've got some like eight players who have opted out and you look at the names there you know there's some big name players who are opting out from the team do you how much of an impact do you think this will have on that patriots football team i think it'll have a huge impact you look at a guy like marcus cannon and you, you, you really sympathize with his situation and have empathy for him because he's someone who survived cancer. Sure. Um, on the flip side, football standpoint, he's a, he's a veteran and he understands the game. So he, he's going to be missed, particularly on a, on a new team with potentially new leadership with Cam Newton uh, coming on the roster. And outside of Cam, you have Jared Stidham, who, who, who's a second-year guy, right? So he's not super experienced. So I look at that, too, and I say for a team that just lost Tom Brady, they probably will, you know, get it worse in regards to not having enough experienced players with a new team, uh, with a new face in leadership. So the timing on the, the Brady deal, it, it makes that situation much more interesting. Sticking with the Pats, and you mentioned Cam Newton there. What do you make of the Cam Newton move to the Patriots? Obviously, he's he's quite the antithesis to Tom Brady. I mean, I like it. I actually love it. I thought it was an intelligent move when it first happened, and I still agree with the move today. Um, I think the biggest thing uh, with that move for Cam Newton, I think that's one of the better fits because I think it's a win-win. I think it's a win for the for the uh, for the Patriots. And for Cam Newton, if you look at it from a, if you look at it from the grand scheme, because here you have a quarterback who was an MVP in our league, a first-round draft pick, they're considered one of the best. Well, as that team started to make its shift in Carolina, and Cam's play and the injuries, 
kind of overwhelmed them. But I think now you have a new cam. You have a guy that's focused. You have a guy that's young. Um, and I think with him and Josh uh, McDaniel working together and what Bill Belichick does for that quarterback position too uh, says a lot. So I think overall um, it's, it's a win-win. And I, I really feel it's a good fit for, for both Cam and the Patriots. It's going to be interesting. You mentioned Josh McDaniels there to see how he schemes things for a quarterback like Cam Newton because for the past however long, what, nearly a decade now, isn't it, um, since he went back to the Patriots as their offensive coordinator, he's had Tom Brady, and he's not the most mobile of quarterbacks. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun old season ahead. It will be. It's going to be a fun old season whenever it gets rolling. Um, I did watch, I don't know if you had a chance to check out the round table with uh, Victor Cruz, Todd Gurley, Cam Newton, and Odell Beckham. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, it was it was good, wasn't it? Um, what I liked out of that whole deal was when when he told uh, Josh McDaniels, he said, you do understand now you, you'll be able to play some, you know, you'll make, make some different play calling now with me at the, at the helm. And, and I thought, uh, I can imagine Josh McDaniel smirking and smiling about that because it's true. Uh, the play calling uh, will be, I think, in my opinion, much more sophisticated and uh, diverse with a mobile quarterback. Yeah, and having words with Bill Belichick yourself, can you see them working together in tandem, hand in hand? I do. I, I think altogether it would be a really good fit. If you look at what Bill Belichick as a defensive mind uh, did with Tom Brady, working with Tom Brady, if you watched I don't know if you had a chance to check out uh, the Belichick Saban uh, documentary, I want to say, on HBO. I thought it was great because you saw that scene where Tom Brady and Bill Belichick is sitting down and they're exchanging information. And that, that you know, you say pictures and videos says a lot of words. That, that's a prime example of um, w- what that does for a quarterback. A really good offensive mind when you talk to basically a mastermind at the defense. So... With Cam there now, um, nothing against the leadership he's had in the past. Um, but with the offensive mind and Josh McDaniels and the defensive mind, I couldn't think of – the only other better situation I could think of is if Cam would have went to New Orleans. Sure. But Jameis ended up going to New Orleans for obvious reasons. So um, this is, I think, the second best fit for him. Probably a couple of other teams I thought might have made sense who, who needed a quarterback. But overall, I've been actually, since the draft, I've been screaming, oh, yeah, the Patriots are going to go after Cam or Jameis. Either or, uh, they're going to go after just for the mere fact of their athletic ability and uh, what they can do when when uh, having a really decent offensive line. Yeah, and they, they turned the page in the book. It's a whole new chapter in New England, and it's a whole new chapter with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they get Tom Brady. He's with his new team. He's been practicing. Well, he's been in training camp with them now for just over a week. He turned 43 this week. Does he make the Bucs contenders? LaShawn McCoy spoke in his first press conference this week and he admitted that part of the decision-making to join the Buccaneers was Tom Brady and also the weather, but Tom Brady certainly has that factor about him. Can he make them contenders in Tampa Bay? I think he can. I think they become instant contenders. Uh, they are in a very wild, wild NFC South, so it won't be an easy performance. But I think um, if you look at it from the grand scheme of things, it's it's an opportunity 
for, again, those wide receivers to have a veteran quarterback. I mean, you look at the, that wide receiving core, man, it's sick. Um, so you, you, you do have you have that into play. And then secondly, um, Tom Brady, just, you know, a new scene. You got the whole TB12 now in Tampa. So, I mean, I like it. And, and, and overall, I, I do feel as if it's a, it's a um, situation that works for both parties. Yeah, sure. And elsewhere, Austin Hooper this week said that Baker Mayfield was a reason for him signing at Cleveland. What, what, what do you expect from Baker this year? Do you expect a bounce back from him and the Browns? Because you talked about the talent there in Tampa Bay, but there's just as much talent up in Cleveland and now you add Austin Hooper to that receiving core as well I think Baker Mayfield his first year in the league in my opinion he showed a lot of potential last year was kind of a setback year I don't know if it was with the new receiving core and that whole mix up the third year is supposed to be the charm and it will be the judgmental year this is going to be a year that again is going to make a break uh, Baker Mayfield think about it think about the amount of guys that, that ended up um, that ended up switching over um, their third year and earning that, that renewal contract. You know, Baker still has two, what, three, two more years left on his, uh, his contract. So from, from that perspective, um, we're definitely going to judge and see exactly uh, what, what's the best fit for, uh, you know, it, it, could, could Baker be consistent, basically? Um, and having Austin Hoops def- Hooper is definitely going to help that out a lot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. On the subject of tight ends, Jordan Reed, he signed for the 49ers this week. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, they both acknowledged, obviously, his injury history. Kyle Shanahan did work with him when he was in Washington. It's a low-risk, high-reward move for San Francisco. But after seven concussions, are you surprised that Jordan Reed's still playing? I'm surprised because let me tell you something. Those concussions have such a long-term uh, effect on them. But I do understand the love of the game. And then you, you do gotta kind of have to li- look at someone's situation and wonder why uh, make that move consistently. So I, I, I will say, you know, going, looking at it from the perspective of what concussions, the long-term effect that concussions have and the love of the game. That's two different, you know, that's two things. Once you're cleared off the concussion list, you're good to go. But I'm pretty sure he's going to protect himself a little more mm. uh, now that he's been concussed so many times. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. How about you? What was, uh, what were you like during your career? Did you ever suffer concussion in your playing days? <laughs> I was actually talking to uh, one of my buddies about this the other day. I've probably had a few mild concussions in my day because when you think concussions – what happens during concussions? Like, how do you know you have a concussion? And just talking to the different medical uh, staffs I've been around and just, you know, looking at the situation from a whole, when you when you get that, that blindsided hit or you get hit and, it, and that bell gets rung, you see these little dots, right? But, you know, most concussed people, you got to really check, hey, man, how many, how many, um, how many, um, uh, stars. I mean, how many fingers I'm holding up? Mm. Uh, you kind of pay attention to their behaviors, and that you know that really, you know, sews it up on exactly um, how that person is. So I, I can say on the record, I never had a concussion, but I probably had a few mild concussions. What's your take on the the league's concussion protocol? Obviously, a lot of work's been 
um, put into that over the last few years, and things seem to be improving. What, what, what do you, where do you stand on it? Are you are you pleased with how things are progressing on that front? Because obviously, you know, we're talking earlier about player safety and their decisions to opt out of uh, this season due to health concerns with, around COVID. But you can't get more serious than than your head. And if you're out there playing and you're getting concussed multiple times, you know, is is there enough in place? Do you think? from the league now on that front? It's something we're going to have to see. Um, I hear a lot of the things that they're doing, but until we actually see, um, it helps make the decision, right? So uh, right now I can say that the league is taking a concerted effort to make this thing safe. Um, they have the money for it because the big thing is to identify what player may potentially have it and then isolating that player and testing your players around around the clock and then keeping them in. Um, again, the whole big event deal, like the holding each other accountable, the situation if if you go, if you go to go out and you come back and you 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 have the uh, the corona and you are at a big event, you get fined. Mm. You know, you 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 may lose a lot of money. And I think when you hit a man's pockets, it 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 brings another level of discipline. So We'll have to see. Hopefully that, they, you know, basketball's in play right now. They're kind of, you know, setting the tone, the the, the, uh, the actual protocol, how to do this, but their numbers are much lower. And then you have MLB. So this is going to be the – football is what we call the big kahuna because it's the most contact uh, and, and, and it has a lot of moving parts. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, and there's no bubble in football. Obviously, there's no bubble in the MLB, and we've seen some of the troubles that have occurred uh, in MLB. But within that bubble in Orlando, things to be go- seem to be going quite smoothly for the NBA. And it's a great setup that they've got down there at Disney World. Um, before you go, Marlon, being a former defensive lineman, I had a look at the 49ers roster this week at the start of training camp, and they've got six first-round draft picks along that defensive line. What do you make of that D-line? Would you have liked to have played on a D-line like that during your career? And then you add Nick Bosa to the mix, who he didn't even look like a rookie last year, did he? He looked like he'd been playing it for years. That D-line is sick. I had a, t- a chance to talk to their D-line at the Super Bowl um, during radio during the radio interviews, and, and I, I, I think highly of that defensive line. Honestly, when breaking down that KC and that San Francisco game, I felt like if San Francisco won, it was going to be because of that D-line. So uh, I, I, I'm super interested um, in seeing how that team folds this year, and I think they could, could potentially be contenders again. You think so? I think so. I mean, of course, we know the only challenge in their way is is, is uh, Seattle, yeah. right? And how they're sharpening up their league. I think that's the biggest challenge. So it'll be fun to continue to watch. Yeah, those games are always a hoot between those two. Look, Marlon, favorite. Love having you on the show, man. We'll have to get you on again. We'll 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 dive into your your career. We'll talk a bit about you. We'll focus more on you next time, shall we? That sounds like a winner. All right, cheers, my <laughs> man. Cheers. Peace out. And there he goes. My thanks again to Marlon Favorite. What a hero. One of our personal favorites here on the show. And as promised, we will get him back on the show. Well, we will delve into his career as well because he's got some great stories to tell. And I'd like to hear what he has to say about Joe Burrow being a former LSU alum himself. So it will be interesting to get his take as we inch towards Joe Burrow's rookie season with the Cincinnati Bengals. 
My thanks to you for tuning in. Do us a favor, hit subscribe, give us five stars, give us a review if you like as well. We'd love to see what you think of the program. We love bringing you these big guests. We had Jason Bell the last couple of weeks, Marlon favorite this week. We'll see who we get in store for you. And I have promised that we're going to up things over the next few weeks now that we've got the baseball season underway and we've got the basketball season, we've got the NHL taking place as well. So we are going to ramp it up. We are going to take a little vacay, but we will have a little special little show for you next time around. We've been to the Hall of Fame at Canton, and I went into parts of that that nobody ever gets to go. So I'm going to pull back the curtains on Canton for you and let you experience the Hall of Fame. Because, let's face it, we would have had the Hall of Fame game taking place if things would have been normal. Normal? What is normal? Well, we'll try and make things as normal as we can here on the Transatlantic Sports. You can follow us on Twitter at T-A-S-S underscore UK. I am Anthony Wotton at A-R Wotton. That's W-O-O-T-T-O-N. We're only five weeks away from the big kickoff. Until next time. Until next time.